I don't know when you're listening to this, but as I record this intro, it's Wednesday, June 3rd, 2020, and the world is reacting to disgusting racism and police brutality in the United States. So it feels weird to release a podcast, but I chose to because this podcast and this episode aren't about me. They're about Rico G., who has already waited months for this episode to come out. We recorded in February, and due to my schedule, I'm just now able to put it out. So he deserves for this episode to be released. In addition, please do what you can to help the Black Lives Matter movement. In the show description will be a link created by Twitter user Botanical Dyke, and it has so many different resources and actionable ways to help, including bail funds, memorial funds, and actions to continue to help with this necessary revolution. Welcome to the Special Delivery Podcast. I am your host, Special, and on this show, I like to sit down with artists to break down their latest project. And on this episode, I sit down with Rico G to talk about his project, Patiently Done Waiting, Volume 2, Capricorn. And we talk about everything from the album artwork, the title, every single track, including him producing every single song, teaching himself how to mix, And really, we just get into a discussion about his sobriety journey and him really unpacking his afraid purpose versus his real purpose and so much more. So let's get into it. I am Rico G, a.k.a. fucking uh, Panduce Poppy, (laughs) a.k.a. fucking uh, Mr. Patiently Done Waiting, a.k.a. Rico De La Noche, a.k.a. The Vibe Enthusiast, a.k.a. I'm not gonna say my real name, but yeah, that's me. Rico is here. Actually, let me do it properly. Rico G is here. How you Rico doing? Rico G, it's okay. You could just say Rico. We we, we got we on that <laughs> like level. we know each we other. On that level, you don't gotta say my full name. But if you don't know me, call me Rico G. Boom. I was actually gonna ask. We have known each other for a while, but sometimes I see your name as an acronym. It is an acronym. What does it stand for? Yeah. So I realized that made my like internet search optimization a little bit low. But I also don't give a fuck anymore. I used to care so much about that. But it's like, you're going to find me if you're meant to find me. If you want to find me, you know what I mean? We find what we're looking for in life. But R-I-C-O is real is currently overlooked. I made that name in like 2009. 2010 i always felt like some of the realest shit in life was like some of the least valued one of the best examples of that is teachers make less than entertainers mental health workers make less than fucking you know we could just say entertainers like teachers and mental health workers the people who keep the world educated and keep the world sane make less than fucking sports players ceos you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and it's like none of them would be anything without an education or mental health but the people who do that work you know what i mean are the least valued and then some of the rappers with the best content don't get the looks that some of the rappers with like you know the best beats or the best hooks do so i always look like real is currently overlooked is sort of a thing i made it like 10 years ago yeah but real is currently overlooked i always knew it would stand true you know what i mean as far as like currently it was current then it's fucking current now and i just wanted to have a name like that that's a message and the g is just my last name so i wanted to keep a part of me in there but i wanted every part of what i do to be a message without really like preaching too much definitely and it's commendable to make something 10 years ago and it still hold the test of time i hate to say it but it's always been that way you know what i mean and it's up to those real things to like 
stay true because just because people don't value that much doesn't mean you're not valuable. True. So we're going to talk all about Patiently Done Waiting, Volume 2, Capricorn. But before that, we need to talk about the fact that that was just one of three projects that you dropped last year. Just bang, 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 hitting them over the head. It started in June with the first Patiently Done Waiting. Then you released the Say Less Beat Tape in August. And then we got Volume 2 in December. Yeah. I did a little bit of reading and I, I read about what kind of propelled you into creating so much and mm-hmm. and using your voice and making sure that you were getting stuff done and and it mm-hmm. spans from everything from literally being patiently done waiting tired of it tired of waiting tired for of people it, to help and do whatever tired of it but also in another light you know losing your father and before before losing him watching him lose his voice and so yeah. that propelling you to really want to use your voice and just create as much as possible so kind of walk us through what last year was for you and how important that was to me last year was really embracing who the fuck i am it's like our ego to be like i know myself i'm doing my thing you know people say i'm doing my thing like what's your thing you know what i mean so last year was just embracing reality one like patiently done waiting the concept really comes from i was always waiting for that moment where my life would be the same and it's never going to be the same it's just different now And so it was embracing that, like, okay, so now it's different. What do I do with it? How do I navigate this new life? How do I create a life that doesn't really require me to look back at the old times as, like, the better times? You know what I mean? We're always like, man, those were the good times. Back then it was good. You know what I mean? It's like, how do I make now good? How do I make the future good? And so last year was a part of sort of just really starting that process. It's not something that's going to happen. It's not a process that started and ended last year. But it was the process of embracing that. Like a lot of shit's not going to be the same. A lot of like relationships, situations, the vibe. I mean, I'm moving into a different part of life. So the level of responsibility is not going to be the same. Everything's different. And um, looking for things to be the same as everything is changing really sort of sets you back in a huge way. So in a huge way, I was setting myself back. It was like I was looking for something that was not on its way. And last year was just embracing that it wasn't on its way. So like now it's time to create those new better times, those new memories, those new things that in 10 years I'll look back at as the good times, but I will also still be creating new better times. Then the whole voice thing, like my dad had a super powerful voice. My dad like was super soft spoken, but when he raised his voice, everyone fucking listened. You know what I mean? To see him like not be able to use his voice and to see him like, I'll just speak on it a little bit. There were some issues with family. My grandfather died a year before my dad. And then there were some issues with family. There were literally like arguments and disagreements because my dad took care of the most business. So my fucking grandfather left everything to my dad. And that's just the way it was. And I was old enough to like not be confused as to why. There are people in my family who didn't take care of their fucking business, which is why my grandfather, who always was on top of his shit, who always took care of his business for the most part, left a lot of what was left to be left to my dad. So in the process of like figuring that out, people would disagree with what my grandfather left to my dad. So then as he was disagreeing, I watched him not be able to argue. I watched him not be able to have a voice like he normally had. That was one of those moments where it didn't really register then, but like I just remembered it and it sat there and it's just like, use it while you can, say everything while you can. And the fucked up part about it is you can say everything you have to say like while you still can doesn't mean everyone's going to fucking listen. (laughs) Like, it just doesn't. But 
it was one of those things where like it made me realize that I had a lot to say that I wasn't saying. I had a lot of feelings that I wasn't expressing and no one was really stopping me other than myself. So it was really time to like say what the fuck I felt. I released Patiently Done Waiting one on June 12th. June 12th was my dad's death date. So since then, I said, this is going to be a release date for me every year. And like, it's fucked up. But like, I'd never really got to it until like last year, which was 10 years later. I actually was able to get to that release date and I'm going to have it this year and I'm going to have it next year. And I'm going to make sure I have it because that's the whole patiently done waiting part. It's hard to get that to mean something to some engineer who doesn't know what the fuck it means. Yes. But to me, it was like, yo, this is a very important date. I have to have music ready on that day. And like, even right now, I have music ready for that day already. It's fucking February, you know what I mean? That's what was a part of it. But really watching him not be able to um, express himself the way he wanted to after being one of the most expressive people I've ever known. At some point, it hurt me. And then in another way, it really inspired me to just use what you got while you got it. You know what I mean? So his death date is like my like rapper birthday. I have this tattoo. And it's my logo, and on the bottom it has 612, because 612, June 12th, that's the day he died. I took everything that was something to be sad about, everything that was something to be down about, and channeled that into something to fucking be up about and move forward with versus let it hold you back. And it's up to you what you do with your feelings, you know what I mean? And so I decided to like keep it lit with them versus just be held down by them. Oh my goodness. Literally just the exact definition of channeling your energy in in so many ways. Being inspired and and using that date to be, like you said, your rapper birthday. All of those things are so important, but also taking in all the things that he stood for and using his voice and using your voice and even using that energy of It happens almost every time somebody passes away, people disagree and and it gets Mm -hmm. ugly. And even using that energy to be like, oh, well, I'm not going to sit here and do nothing. Like, I'm going to say it. There's a lot of excuses to do nothing. There's a lot of excuses to lay down and sort of let life unfold before you versus like keeping control and taking an accountability for how life goes. And I've seen it like a lot of people never recover from the death of a parent, grandparent, close friend. A lot of people never come back from that. And it's like. He always told me, don't fucking sit around crying and shit when I die. You know what I mean? And and he really prepared me for that moment my whole life. And so I feel like now it's sad he doesn't get to see it. But it's also gives me a good feeling knowing that I didn't sit down and cry in those times. I mean, like I cried. I had my moments, but I didn't sit down and let it define me. And it could have. I could have, you know what I mean? And it would have, in some people's eyes, it would have been a valid excuse. But to me, it was instead of an excuse, it was a reason to do the opposite of that. It was a reason to keep it lit. Is super commendable because we see it all the time. People constantly just let that be an excuse to do nothing. And it's just very hard to wrap your mind around. But another important thing you said was that you did cry and you did go through all your emotions, which is very important. So we got to put that out there for people. Don't just run away from it and channel it that way. Like you have to feel those feelings. And after you get to your questions, I've been doing this little sobriety thing that really helped me like fucking... It didn't help me start the process, but it really helped me. And I don't think it's a process that'll ever be truly finished. But it helped me like really, really get some real clarity around like everything I was doing because like I had some really unhealthy habits. I don't think smoking is an unhealthy habit. I highly promote smoking weed. Fucking smoke weed (laughs) has way less side effects than anything anyone's going to prescribe to you. Mm -hmm. But being sober helped me be clear minded and really understand a lot more about what I was doing, why I was doing it, how I was doing it. 
So we could get to your questions and I'll get to that at the end since yeah. it's the most recent part of the process. No, we definitely got to talk about that. But we will talk about Patiently Done Waiting, Volume 2. We got to start with the title. Why did you not only choose to bring back Patiently Done Waiting, but to add Capricorn to it? Okay, so that was one, Patiently Done Waiting, two, keeping the title going. That's going to be my thing. Like, I'm going to have some other projects, but like, I'm going to go up to Patiently Done Waiting like fucking 10. Yes. Like, I'm going to get to it, and none of them are that long, so mm-hmm. it allows for me to get to it like that. I'm going to bring that back because I never want that message to die. Whether you discover my music in 2019 or you discover it in fucking 2025, I want that concept to still be relevant. Mm-hmm. I want to remind people... It's like self-empowerment almost. There are things in life we need people for. Mm -hmm. We can't do everything on our own. And we got to work in groups. We got to work in teams. We got to be team players. But there's also this whole separate amount and category of shit you could do for yourself. You know what I mean? And there's a lot. And once you get into it, there's a lot more you could do for yourself than you realize. So patiently done waiting. I want everyone to know, like someone right now is waiting for someone to help them with something that they could do for themselves. And I've been that person. And instead of being like, everybody catted off on me, so I quit making music, you know what I mean? Fuck that shit. Like, nobody was fucking with me. Yeah. Like, instead of that, like, let patiently done waiting be the reason. No one was fucking with me, so I went and did every fucking thing myself. And now I'm here where I am, somewhere I wouldn't have been had I continued to wait for people. I'm never going to stop that. I'm going to get the t-shirts made. It's going to be a fucking thing. It's a movement. It's a movement and it relates to far much more than rap music. It's a life. It's a mantra. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I kept that going because I wanted people to be self-empowered. And I wanted men, women, boys, girls, old people, young people, handicapped people, disabled people. I wanted everyone to know there's a certain amount that you can do and that ultimately you're accountable for. Mm -hmm. No one's accountable for helping your dreams unfold. The Capricorn part of that was there was this person I was talking to and she would always talk that Zodiac shit. And so she got me into it. We don't talk no more. She fucking pushed me away. But um, that Zodiac shit was a part of, like I said, like we think we know ourselves. We think we're doing our thing. I never believed in the Capricorn stuff because they say stuff about a Capricorn. They say we're really materialistic. I never wanted to admit I was materialistic, but I'm materialistic (laughs) as fuck. I want to be filthy rich. I want more than I could ever use. You know what I mean? But I didn't want to embrace that part about myself. They say we're stubborn. I didn't want to admit that I was stubborn, but fucking look at me. Like I had a chance to fucking not do music anymore because I was hurt by what lost my dad. I had a chance to not do music because of all the people who didn't help me. And look what the fuck I did. Like, I stuck with it. I found a way that shit make it happen. I'm stubborn as fuck. And so getting into it a little bit, it helped me once I started to really know myself a little bit better. It helped me realize, damn, all these things are sort of true about me. Like not all of them. And that's probably the last parts of myself I still have to accept. They probably are all true, to be honest. (laughs) But it helped me accept and embrace parts of me that I was denying. And so the Capricorn Project talks about like being stubborn as fuck. It talks about like having a strong head, you know, like And I'm really like that. I've always wanted to do what the fuck I wanted to do. And I've always wanted to do it how I wanted to do it, too. And it was really about embracing that instead of pushing it away in order to, like, be more appealing to someone or, like, really a lot of it was about fitting into the work world. And then 
being appealing to certain types of women who like just weren't for me as it turns out you know what i mean because if you can't be yourself with someone and they're not the one for you i was like trying to be something i wasn't because i thought i was supposed to fuck with certain people and do certain things and that's that stubborn part about it too it's like i'm gonna take this and make it work whether or not it's even working at all you know what i mean so there's that stubborn and that's where the stubborn is like not a good thing but once you realize you're like committed to something yeah i'm stubborn nothing's gonna stop me from doing this i embrace that and then like the horns you know what i mean like uh, like i'm like a fucking <laughs> like like i go crazy like that in a way where it's like when i'm going for something i really want that shit and the capricorn project was just to add a different layer it was to allow people to get to know me without knowing me like sometimes we hear artists rap and we know stuff about them but we don't really know them like you could listen to that project and actually get to know me you could listen to patiently done waiting one and two and honestly like really get to know me it's not just rhyming it's not just fucking bars it's not just beats and hooks and lyrics and cadence that's actual info like you could get to know me through that shit like you could have never met me you could listen to that and you could come to a fucking introduction to me like a woman could listen to those and come to a first date with me and kind of have some insight on who the fuck I actually am. Yeah. So building on Patiently Done Waiting One, the Capricorn was really made to allow people to know me. And then because I feel like as an artist, the more you know about a person, the more you are willing to embrace them and really like it could get you more supportive someone knows what they're genuinely supporting because there's a lot of rappers there's a lot of songs there's a lot of projects what makes this one unique it's actually me and no one else is me and that's what makes it unique that's what makes the last two unique no one else could say that mm -hmm. no one else could do that only i could do that because it's me and it's the parts of me that you can't know unless you know me personally. The Capricorn Project was really just a build on actually allowing people to know me through my music. My music at the same time, like making it dope, making it fun, making it light. Because I feel like Patiently Done Waiting One was like heavy. It was like feelings. Those are real feelings and emotions. And everyone's not always in the mood to listen to emotions and feelings. But some people are, and there's a day and a time for it. But this one was really just a vibe out to. Like I work out to this project more than any of the music I've ever made ever you know what i mean like i've worked out to this project for three hours straight i've listened to single songs on this project for three hours straight mm. and just like vibe because it's enough of getting to know me but it's also just more of a chill vibe just vibe out type of music i love how you mentioned getting to know you because there's layers to that too because not only are you getting to know yourself by embracing these qualities i also think that by you giving out information and, and bearing your soul and really being honest with yourself not only as you mentioned are people more easily supportive of that but it becomes mm -hmm. relatable like you said yeah, yeah it's you and it's you making it and there's no other you mm -hmm. but the human story translates to so many different people in so many different ways so when people hear your music they're like oh i can relate to that and i think right. that's the connection that music is supposed to have yeah it wasn't easy but it was worth it and um it's more enjoyable music for me it's like not telling any single side of the story it's giving like the whole side and the next one is gonna be fucking oh i have two projects right now there's this leftover love project I've been working on. And it's like the next one's going to really be the sides to those relationships and that type. So like telling the whole story, 
I'm not just making myself the good guy. <laughs> I'm the bad guy sometimes too. Yeah. I get it. Really telling the whole story. We of course have to talk about the album art. Absolutely gorgeous. You talked about the horns and you were able to incorporate the horns and it's just dark. It's only you. It's very inviting while also kind of creating a mystique. It's just done very well. What was the idea behind it? The idea was like simple, really embracing myself. So a lot of what we are is what we wear, which is why I went shirtless. It wasn't just to like try to be fucking <laughs> sexy. There was deeper than that. Who are you with nothing on? Mm -hmm. And it was like, I'm about to like really begin the process of like showing all, telling all. Mm -hmm. And like the shirt, no shirt was really about just like not being judged by your clothes, but being like really judged within. And then also the horns were just to represent the goat, Capricorn, the Zodiac sign itself. And so shout out Shutter Bros really made that fucking happen. Oh, that shit was clean. Yes. We shot at like seven in the morning, got it. And he got me like right in, right out. I was just telling him to make me the goat. And I love, that's another one of those things where it started on a piece of paper. It started off where I was just going to have that picture with sort of some like hand drawn like horns oh. coming out. And he actually took that shit to the next level where it was like the horns will be yours. You yeah. know what I mean? So I give him a lot of credit on that shit because I had the idea and I had the concept and he took it a little bit further. Mm -hmm. And then when I saw that, I was like, yes, this is it. That cover art was just supposed to really like embrace that Zodiac sign embrace like showing all telling all and embrace like really being okay with what's underneath you know what i mean because a lot of people aren't and apparently at some points i wasn't you know what yeah. i mean so it's just continuing that process of like having nothing to hide and really letting that shit out i commend you did that after just saying that you're materialistic so to be able to be like okay we're taking the shirt off. Nothing to distract you here. There's, I'm not yeah. showing my materialism. It's stripped down, literally. Right. There's a lot of stuff we hide behind name brands mm -hmm. and swag. And it's like, man, who are you when none of that shit's on? I want everybody to know I'm fucking exactly the same person. Whether I went shopping at fucking Ross or at Gucci, I'm the same person. And I feel like a lot of people can't say that for themselves. And I don't want to say that to say like, I'm better than you because I could be the same person in a Ross fit or a Gucci fit. But I say it to say like, you can be too. Yeah. Just embrace yourself. None of it's to shit on anyone. None of it's to make me better and make me bigger to look down on people. It's all to be like, bro, I'm a normalized person doing this shit. You can be too. Yep. If you choose to be, if you want to be, if you embrace it. On top of that, you've done the work. That stuff doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. And yeah. so actually taking the time to do the work and dive deep into who you are and how you feel and, and mm -hmm. what that means to you, I think is so important. So I think it's not only a representation of empowering people to do it themselves, but also the reflection of you actually doing that work. Right. Speaking of doing the work, we got to talk about how you recorded this yourself, of course, wrote all the music then yeah. produced it all engineered it as far as mixing and mastering it like really did everything yourself we kind of hinted on it earlier just talking about like of course patiently done waiting for patiently people waiting. but yeah. what was that process like as far as the workload and really taking your time with it it was really 
fun. Yay. Crazy enough. It was fun. It was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of back and forth between the fucking house and the car to test it on the radio and the car. It was a lot of learning, a lot of fucking back and forth between the session to YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I how do I do this? It was a lot of time. It was a lot of choosing to do it over all of the other fun shit I could have been doing in life. And that's the hardest part about it. And I will like talk about the fact that there's this point. Patiently done waiting one and patiently done waiting two, I was in a relationship and there was this point. There was one time when I was going to release Say Less the Beat Tape. The girl who I was talking to at the time, I fucked with her. I ain't got nothing negative to say about her. But there was this one time, it was the day I was going to release the project and she was hitting me like, when are you going to come out? Like, when are you going to come? And I'm like, I'm making some final adjustments. I like had released the project. And then something was wrong with it. So I had to take it all back down and release it because it was just a SoundCloud release. So I was able to actually do that. She was like demanding I come out. And it was like, that's my girlfriend at the time. And like, I wanted to be a good boyfriend. So I like sort of like rushed through it. And then there was two points on Say Less the Beat Tape that some people may notice, some people may not notice, but there are two points that are really flawed. I say all that to say with this one, I completely committed to it. I put my phone on the other side of the room I fucking put that shit on silent and I fucking locked in on that shit. I missed a lot of calls. I missed a lot of opportunities to go drink. I missed a lot of shit to make sure I got it right and to really lock in on it. And so like with that happening with that project, like I agree with myself, like this project is going to be as fucking flawless as I can make it with my skill set and my experience. And it's by far the best. It was a fucking commitment, a decision. It was not optional for it to not be like my best work so far. And now I'm like, how am I going to make the next one equal or better? And that's another thing. But it was a test of character. What's the most important thing to you right now? And it was also a lot of not in an ego driven way. I guess kind of in an ego driven way. It was a slight challenge to make sure that all the producers who have charged me all this money to engineer my tracks it was a challenge to make sure that my shit was fucking at least to my own preferences because that's what it comes down to but to my own preferences it was better there was more clarity and it was everything that i like felt like i didn't get from them even though i cashed them the fuck out and i've never like tried to talk an engineer down on their price that's your price i'm coming at you correct i'm paying you It was really to um, make sure I gave myself what the fuck a lot of people didn't give me. A lot of people didn't give me what I was really looking for. And it was like I've released tracks that I felt like were 87 percent done. This track is maybe 90 percent done. That's like not a good feeling at the end. But I feel like all of these tracks, none of them are 100 percent in the sense that it's not perfect. But they're at the 95, 96, 94 percent where like only a real audio engineer is even going to notice that last five to six percent anyway, because the rest of us are just consumers. The rest of us just listen to music. We don't make it. We don't engineer it. We don't produce it. So I got it to the point where like all of the flaws are shit. I'm going to notice. I'll be like, damn, right there could be better. Damn, right there could be better. But everyone else is going to listen to and completely listen over it. And I got it to that point. And I got it to the point where like there was this other girl I was talking to where I played some music for her one day and I fucked with her because she was super honest. She was like, I hear the beat a lot more than your vocals. You know what I mean? And so I wanted to make sure like that was not the case. 
she heard this project and she told me like everything is really clear like i could hear it really clearly so that process was taxing demanding and exhausting but it was really rewarding and i had to prioritize my whole life around it when you work all day and you get off work then i go to the gym and then i like eat take some time to just relax like sometimes at the end of the day is not the best when you're not as like fresh because all of the mixing and stuff is really like you're making this much of a difference and it's like fuck it's hard to recognize and really do that when you're not fresh so a lot of times i like switched up my whole life for this project i hate going to sleep early i hate feeling like i didn't accomplish anything so like a lot of times when i get off work and get done with the gym i force myself to do something but I realized this was the shit I was not going to force. So I started this process of like going to sleep early so that I could wake up before work and give myself like at my peak energy and freshness. Yes. I wasn't just approaching, rolling out the bed, doing it either. I would wake up, give myself time to wake up and then give myself like a couple hours to do this shit before I went to work, which was like really the first time I had ever done that. I don't really like to switch up my routine. I like to do it how I do it. And I like to stay up late. But I woke up early for this shit just to make sure I was giving my best self to it. Because at the end of the day, you're more drained than you really know. Sometimes we are so driven that we're more drained than we want to admit we are. But for this shit, I really made sure I gave like my best self to it. And it was as good as it could be. It was a lot, but I'm proud of it. It's like hands down my proudest body of work so far. I think personally, just because I can relate, I love when people actually take the time to talk about the fact that having a nine to five and also doing anything creative on the side is such a balancing act and it can be super taxing yeah. and it's like there's people out there who want to shy away from it and be like oh no i don't work a regular job and you know what i mean have their own yeah. ego driven things around it but for you to say like no i had to completely change my schedule to do this because these are the things that are important to me i think that the whole time you were talking i was like but he's proud of it but he's proud of it and then at the right. end you're like but this is what i'm most proud of and it's like bingo yeah. it feels good to give myself something to be proud of you appreciate some things you do and you recognize the value in some things you do but just flat out proud is not always the feeling there are a lot of good feelings that come from the things we do but like proud i don't say that much i feel like i should say it more but it's just in the spirit of being honest, like, and I'm not just moved by everything I do, but like that, I'm really proud of that shit, super proud of it, and I listen to it all the time, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> it was fucking worth it. Yeah. Now we're going to go track by track. Starts out with the Mad Zodiac Freak. When I saw his album cover, I was like, who the fuck does he think he is? A Capricorn Sun, Leo Moon. Taurus rising. I said, okay, no shirt. That shit is Photoshop. He don't even be working out like that. Center of attention, whether they want to be or not. Like, okay, horns trying to be like deep. Peace, peace, my brother. Nah, hell nah. He not even that deep. You never know what they're thinking, even if you ask them. I heard he said, Whose voice do we hear? I don't know if I should say her name, but... You, you don't but, have yeah. to say her name. No, I'll say her name because she absolutely deserves credit. Her name is Shakira. Shakira Scott. She's like a, a yoga instructor. So and she is also oh yeah she was also in the article yeah i was like i and, remember reading about her in the article okay yeah, go. she's also one of the actresses in hella single and she really introduced me to a lot of the uh the zodiac signs like i met her in like 2015 when i was out fucking rapping on the streets <laughs> and with the box and the microphone 
And so like we've been cool ever since then. I always respected her because she does her own thing. Like she's a yoga instructor. She doesn't really like work for anyone. I always respected that about her. And then like her perspective is super like Zodiac sign driven. So I was always like, shut the fuck up. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like miss me with that shit. But it's also one of those things where it's like I said, it's a part of knowing yourself and then knowing how that applies to you. So yeah, that's her voice. I finished the whole project. It had nothing really around it, just songs. And it was a Zodiac project. I couldn't think of anyone with more insight on Zodiac signs who I knew personally. So I reached out to her, asked her like what she would charge me to do it. Then we linked up and I just let her fucking go in basically. You know what I mean? And then she also introduced me to like, you're like moon and you're rising. So I'm a Taurus rising, a fucking Leo moon. And that's a big part of understanding like who I actually am and why I actually am the way I am. I didn't know any of that shit. So she taught me a lot about that shit. And then she also has a personal relationship with Capricorns in her own life. So it allowed her to really, really like go in. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. My next question was going to be like, did you tell her to say you're like, you know what I mean? Because sometimes when you have those little parts, sometimes you just let people go. Sometimes you give them the script. So like to know that you just let her go and she did her, her thing. Yes. Yeah, I let her go. I wanted to give her direction. But it was one of those things she knew more about than I know about. And like, how do I give somebody direction on something they know more about than I do? I'm big on that. Like, if you know something, like if you're better at something than I am, if you know more than I know, fucking lead the way. I'll follow. You know what I mean? So, yeah, she just went in. She killed it. And and the like you said, before her, the project was just a group of songs. But mm-hmm. the way that you had her kind of flow in and out of the songs and just made it so thorough and just this character that she played and beating you up in a sense like it it just really fit the whole theme of the project it was so dope i loved it i loved it and the way she did that she just did like maybe like 10 minutes total of just saying stuff stuff about this stuff about that and then i took all of it and like had to like piece through it and sort through it and see what fit where and when and how Initially, I played like some of my old songs in the background of what she was saying. But at one point, I realized that was her part of the project. So I gave it its own beat. I feel like that added to it, too. So like, yeah, it was fun. So good. Then we get to what's your sign. Did you say a Capricorn? Don't make me hit you with that line. What's your name? What's your sign? Just to see if you compatible with mine. Ask you what your interests are. Who you be with, be with. Can I be the one you keep it G with? G with, G shit. Always on some G shit. When you keep it G with. What's your name? What's your son? G shit. Always on some G shit. When you keep it G with. What's your name? What's your son? Ooh, it's like we not compatible. Fuck it. We gon' try. Just so smooth. It ah! just it just has that smoothness to it. So fucking smooth. It's the vocals. It's yes. the delivery. Like I realize when mixing, there's nothing easier to mix than a good vocal performance. So it was a smooth vocal performance, and I wanted to get more into like that part of my voice. When I'm rapping, sometimes I rap hard. The more you push out of your voice, it comes out different. It records different. You have to mix it differently. But that was like super laid back. Yeah. Sorry if I cut you off. What was the question? No, you're good. I I love the insights. I'm like, no, please tell us. Oh, and then I was just going to say the Biggie interpolation. 
Of course, exactly. it fits perfectly. What's your name? What's your sign? So yeah. when did that click for you? Like, oh, shit, I should take that part and kind of play with it. So now getting into the way I produce, every song I produce, as I'm producing it, I vibe with it. And as I'm vibing with it, that was all like freestyle. If I'm liking a fucking beat, I'm going to say something to it. Sometimes I'm saying something I don't feel that much. Sometimes I write a little bit to it, but in the songs I feel the most, I do a little voice memo right away with the beat playing in the background. So there's no confusion when I come back to it a day later, two days later, three days later, there's no confusion about what was where, how it was said. Because sometimes when you write it, you forget the flow. You know what I mean? Sometimes you forget the cadence. Sometimes you write down a little piece. You don't remember where it was supposed to go. So I just do little voice memos. And when I made that beat, it was like right away because the sample is from Signs of Love Making by Tyrese. It just happened. And I record the voice memo. I know the whole hook is freestyle. Yeah, not the whole verse, though. Parts of the verse are still freestyle, though. It just happens when you're in a natural flow. That's what fucking happens when you turn your phone off for a little while, to be honest. Like, I just put my phone on Do Not Disturb. I love the people in my life. You know what I mean? Most of the time, if people call me, I'm going to answer or at least not answering text back. I do that shit a lot. Don't fucking hate me for it. Having time to just vibe the fuck out for real is really what allowed that to be possible. Just feeling it. I love that. Just like really feeling it. Yeah. Nothing on this project was forced. And I feel like there have been times when like I had beats and I was like, man, I like this beat. I don't know what to say to it, though. I'm going to like maybe like write without the beat. I'm going to like think hella hard on what to put on the beat. All of these songs fucking feel themselves as I made them. A lot of the songs were written and even recorded before the beats were complete. I was freestyling and I'm like, bro, I need to fucking record this. So shout out Beejus because Beejus' house is where I record. And then like bring the files back to my house and mix them and then put them with that beat. And then, of course, it, then for me, it makes more sense where the beat will go up, where the beat will go down, where it will switch from kicks to 808s and this and that. But a lot of this song when I recorded the song, it was just a loop of the, the hi-hats, the fucking, I can't think if it's a clap or a snare, but a clap or the snare, and the little guitar sample from Signs of Love Making. That's all it was. It didn't have any kicks. It didn't have any 808s. It didn't have a lot. It was just like bare. And I just went and recorded, and I knew, like, I need to lay this shit down. You know what I mean? And that feeling also comes over you, too, when you know, like, I make a lot of music. There's something special about this one. Like, let's make this one happen. Let's not put it off. Let's just make it happen. That process is so interesting. I don't think I've ever heard anybody do that before, but it does make sense. Like, I'm going to give myself the small portion of it, do the vocals, and then add all the different things. So I think that's super, super interesting. Then we get to track three, How to Dance. She don't know ballet, but she know, but she know how to dance, how to twerk, shake the thing in the pants. She don't know how to salsa, but she know how to dance, drop it all the way down, got a mark on my band. She don't know a lot of shit, but she know how to dance, make the ones with a woman risk it all for a chance. She don't know a lot of shit, but she know how to dance. I just want you to grind on me. <laughs> I fucking love all these songs, I swear. So much 
fun. Yeah. Does that have the D-Lo sample in it? I sampled something. I don't know if I should say it. I might get sued, but I guess if at that point it's big enough for me to get sued, then it's like a good thing. If y'all ever hear it and it ever blows up, let's just split the money. You know? Don't sue me. Like, let's work. I ain't made shit. I ain't made much. Like, let's just talk about it. You know what I mean? It doesn't have I'm to be all to share. that. But that's actually the fucking Elton John, Benny and the Jets. Wow. Yeah. Yes. And it's crazy. I was at my job one day and this person I work with who I never really speak too much, like we never really talk much, but she was playing some music in her class and I was just like, yo, what song is that? (laughs) And she told me and I'm like, okay. And so I literally owe her a thank you that I've never given her. I also don't work there anymore. So it might be more appropriate to tell her now. I just heard that and it was like, yo, I'm going to flip the fuck out of that. You did? As far as the content, like freestyle, like when I make these beats, there's that point when it's just the hi-hats, the clapper, the snare, or the snap, whatever it may be. And then it's a little sample. At that point, when I first lay that down, I don't do it on purpose, but something comes over me in that moment. Before you lay the hi-hats and the clap, you don't even have anything to like vibe to. And then once you lay the hi-hats and the claps or the snares or the snaps, and then you fucking put a little sound in the back of it, then it's like, okay, then I sit there to it. You know what I mean? And when I heard that one, it was just like, it gave me that vibe that was just fun. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to lie. It reminds me of my ex-girlfriend. She wasn't classically trained in any way as far as dancing, but she knew how to dance. Like if the song came on, she was going to move. You feel me? And so like that song was for her on the law. I'm not even afraid to admit it. That song was for her, her vibe, the way she goes. Like she don't know ballet, but she know how to dance. She don't know how to salsa, but she know how to dance. You know what I mean? It was definitely a freestyle because like when we first started talking, she had a whole different situation. And so I was like, I know you got somebody else. We could just dance. I know you got somebody else, but that don't cancel the vibe we felt. Like, that was for sure a freestyle, and that's probably why it's so short. And then a part of it's written. A lot of these songs started off with, like, a little freestyle portion that really got the beat in the hook. All of them started with a voice memo that I listened to and listened to and listened to. And I was like, all right, that part's kind of weak. I could take that part out. That part's acceptable. I can keep it. It's a good vibe. Yes, yes, yes. Then we get to Capricorn. Girl, did you just say a Capricorn? Mm-mm. She swear to God I'm hella stubborn cause I know what I want. Cause I know what I will do when I know what I want. Push it to the limit for a return out I was wrong. I turned back into a hobby before I finished her song. I pulled some women off the bench like WNBA. I pulled some women off the film. She liked the role that I play. Sufficient funds but no time or attention to pay. Slid every single inch of my dick in his back. Cap season little bitch I'm finna say what I say. Cause somebody finna hate on that shit either way. At what point did you realize that your name fit in the word Capricorn? There is no Capricorn without Rico. Breakthrough moment. I don't know when I actually realized it, but this project happened sort of like fast. All of these songs are from last year and all of them except the outro are from not only the second half of last year, but the last quarter of last year. Wow. So I can't really pinpoint the exact moment when... But I know I wrote that shit down when I fucking discovered it. And that's why, like, I didn't even rhyme it with anything. I was like, you can't spell Capricorn or Rico. It was one of those. In the process of embracing yourself, you have those little things that confirm that you are who you are. And that was one of those things I was like, you're really a fucking Capricorn. And you're really all of those things. If not most of those things, you're really all of those things. And please stop trying to act like you're not who I am. 
Had you already named the project that, or it was before you named the project that? I think that really solidified that I was going to call the project Capricorn. This might be one of the things where the line existed before the beat or the lyrics, like that one line. And like, I didn't know what to rhyme it with. So I didn't rhyme it with anything like, fuck it. Like, it's just a statement. But I think the way this one went, it was like that line. Then I made a beat and felt like this might be a good beat to put it on. So the process isn't the same every time. There's divinity in that, though. I like that. None of it's forced, but it all fell into place. And that's the best. It's like trying to force things is fucking exhausting. And honestly, sometimes not worth it. You know what I mean? You talk about being proud of yourself and being proud of the music that you're making. It's like most of the time when you force things, you don't feel very great afterwards. And then I have to mention, I hope I don't get sued. I might get sued one day. You won't. That's, ooh, baby, baby. Like, that's that song. So I sampled the part where it's like, I know you. I can't think. I'm so into my version right now. I can't remember how that version goes, (laughs) which makes it a good flip. You know what I mean? Which means because a lot of people, and I'm not knocking anyone's style, a lot of the samples are loops. A lot of people loop that shit, put some uh, bass behind it and some kicks behind it. I'm not completely opposed to it. There's a time and a place for it, but I completely flipped that part. This was one of the ones where the beat actually inspired what I wrote. I mean, well, the beats all inspire what I wrote, but it actually inspired me to write a kind of like really honest, open, heartfelt second verse, which is like about all the Zodiac signs I fucked with and about how none of them worked out. (laughs) You know. But like the mistakes I've made, you know what I mean? That little mistakes, mistakes, you know, I made a few was one of those moments when it's like, all right. In my eyes, all of these women have done something wrong. And I'm sure that in their eyes, I've done something wrong, too. And so sort of embracing, like, my wrong in the situation. I had a Scorpio that I was supposed to love, but I didn't love myself enough, and I didn't learn how to trust. So, like, there was somebody who really fucked with me, and things don't work out. And I wish it was different, but, I like, now that it is what it is, it just is what it is. But, like, in that moment, like, I do wish I could have been better for her because she was, like, really, really fucking with me. I was in a lot of my own ways like damaged and fucking not really even ready to embrace what someone was offering me so like that's how the verse started and then i had a taurus and a leo who ain't know what they want fucked around and ain't love me till i already cut that's that patiently done waiting part where it's like fucking y'all both had the fucking chance i was fully there for y'all and it started with the scorpio when it's like i fucked up so i instead of like I tried to go back and it didn't work. So it's like, instead of like focus on going back, I'm going to move forward with things I learned from that. You know what I mean? And then I moved forward and was ready. And there were some people who didn't embrace it. And then I had a Capricorn. Yeah, that was my first real love. But the space and the time, it just wasn't for us. And like you said, there's two sides to every story. Two sides. Mm-hmm. And I never want to be the guy in a room full of people who weren't there trying to make myself fucking right. Like, look, bro, like. She's somewhere over there. Like, I'm in a room full of fucking five to ten people trying to get them all to understand how she was wrong. It's like, nah, bro. Like, fuck that. <laughs> I would rather have a conversation with that person than to have a conversation with a bunch of people who are probably just going to take my side on it. And that's what a lot of people are looking for. They're looking to have their side taken versus looking for the truth of the matter. And the truth of the matter is what really helps you, like, move forward as a better person and a more ready person. And like just getting people to take your side is what leads you to go into new relationships and do the same fucking thing. So this is about that without it being as preachy as this <laughs> this last couple minutes was. 
And also just the accountability is going to make a difference, not only in yourself, but in how you deal with people. If right. you carry yourself with accountability, it makes such a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I take accountable for the fact that I wasn't perfect. The one thing I will say is I always had good intentions. And then I realized how important it is to actually manifest those intentions in reality versus mm. just having them. Because mm. like if you're well-intentioned, but you don't get your actions to match that, it's almost the same as not being well-intentioned, exactly. you know what I mean? So I understand how to um, make sure that the point I'm trying to get across is what comes across. The feeling I'm trying to give is what I actually give. And it's like, it's all a learning process, but embracing the learning process is a part of learning. If you don't think there's anything to learn, you're not going to learn. You're not going to get better at shit. So, yeah. Every single day. And I love from a producer standpoint, you did two of my favorite things. The first one being taking a different line. A lot of people sample just the hook from a song or, you know, something that mm -hmm. we super know, but getting into actual lines that right. don't immediately spark it. But it's like, if you know, you know, yeah. I love that shit. And also how you said, like towards the middle, you just let it ride. Like yeah. if a beat is that good and, and the samples going and all the other parts of it are going like, let that shit ride let for a little bit ride for a minute mm -hmm. yeah I had to. it's necessary you can't like force something and that's the one thing i will say about this project is like it's smooth but it has its space there's space between words there's space between one verse and the next verse sometimes there's space between the hook and the next verse there's like space and i feel like a lot of the music i was making was like i'm gonna put something into every fucking inch and centimeter of this beat i'm gonna fill it all up and it's like nah and it's no and again it's no knock on anyone who does that it's a part of like having something to say it takes away from all you say if people constantly have to listen to the next thing if someone could like take and process what you just said before they go to the next line it kind of allows them to take in your message more well it also shows that you're comfortable and it makes that person comfortable because when you're constantly just pushing words at people it's like okay not only do I get the sense that you're not comfortable with who you are, and it's the same thing just in life. Like when you yeah. sit down with people or you're in a room or whatever, there's always going to be that one person who can't have any silence. And can't it's like, the fuck up. you need to deal with yourself yeah. because you don't understand like silence is incredible. And incredible. leaving that space and being able to just sit with yourself and sit with other people is so incredibly powerful. So you're doing that for yourself, but you're also doing that for the listener to be comfortable to kind of just be in the flow of it and let the music take them instead of pushing things on them and forcing yeah. them like we've talked about. Yeah, that space is very important in music, but more importantly in life to be able to like sit, chill and like say what you have to say, but not always have to say something like always say what you have to say. Don't always have to say something. Yeah, you see it every day. And people don't recognize it, but it's really important because sometimes the space is for people to take in what you're saying. And more importantly than that, I don't know which is more important, but equally as important or more importantly, the space is to have some time to fucking listen to what someone else is saying, too. And some people dominate a conversation. Some people talk. And then before you even done responding, let alone before you're done responding to their part, let alone getting into what you have to say about it, they're talking again, bam, all over again. Whole other spiel, bam, 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 bam. So yeah, the space is important. Very important. Truly. Then we get to L Sweet. Right. You don't know when to hit. 
Can't really fuck with her if her head we no. Why the bad attitudes make the best freaks? Why? Why every time I cross your mind, you don't text me? Huh? Why every time I cross your mind, you don't text me? Why every time I cross your mind, you don't let me? Let Tell me. the thoughts fall back, let the L speak. Go. Tell the thoughts fall back, let the L speak. Finish. Just thankful I'm live and I'm healthy. Addicted Go. to the grime and a nigga need a 12 week. Go. Fuck around, and we probably on a 12 trip. Right. Playing around, see if she can suck the whole thing. Don't play. Fuck part of it, I'm trying to let a whole joke. Don't play. Sold things, but I never really sold dreams. And I always told the truth when I told things. So she like the fuck, not talk every time she pull up on I'm just gonna be completely honest, go, go. I interpret the title as you talked about taking a couple L's. So is that what the title is? Is you're letting the L's speak, or does it mean something else? When you say L, what do you mean? Like blunts? No, I was thinking uh, like losses. Lo- losses, yeah. Hmm. But I like both. To be completely honest, I wrote the song on acid. Nice. <laughs> and I made the beat on acid. Yes. No, I, I love experiences. That's an experience. Yeah. It was one of those moments where it was before I went to Paris. So it's like October. We had broken up in October, like early October. Actually, I'm happy to say I'm out of touch with the dates that it all transpired, which means I'm successfully moving on from it. Yes. But it was sometime between October and November, and um, it was one of those times where, like, I never liked to take drugs without a woman. I always, like, if I was doing shrooms, if I was doing Molly, if I was doing any drugs other than weed, like, it was only in the presence of a woman. So this was one of those times I just did acid with my boys, just chilling, you know what I mean? There's no, because I honestly associate a lot of drugs with sexual experiences. So that was one of those moments where it's like, bro, I'm just chilling with my boys. I'm on acid, you know what I mean? And so we were chilling out. When I'm on drugs, I eat hella fruit, little basic shit. And I'm finding like ways to like not need a woman in those times. It was really important to me. That was a part of my growth process. So we all went separate ways. We all went home. But like, I just, I wouldn't say I couldn't sleep. It was more like I didn't feel like sleeping. You know what I mean? Like I just wasn't in the mood to sleep. So I'm digging through all of the little sound library and like that little intro, that little, uh, uh, the little horns. And it's like intense to me. So I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, if you really peep, this is the first time on the whole project I really rap hard. I was just fucking like super, like not in my feelings in like a negative way, but super in touch with how I felt about everything and like. I felt like rapping, like a lot of the first three, like the Capricorn track I actually rap. I don't know. I don't know how to put into words what's different about it. Like almost less melody driven and more bar driven. More, more like, like rugged. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, mm, yes. Mm. It's like more intense. It's more energetic. And I will say this is the song I work out to the most. I can work out to all of them, but I've like gone fucking crazy in the gym to this song i've like done extra laps on the treadmill extra reps i've done like been juiced done like some of the most weight i've ever done in my life to this fucking song because it's like intense so i feel like i didn't want to leave that part of who i am out of this project completely because the rest of it's super smooth super like laid back vibey but I was like, nah, fucking hit him in the head one time. Yes. Just once. Just once. Don't and, and then after this is super smooth again, but I had to do it once. And so yeah, this song, I made this song fucking on acid and like let the L speak is the LSD. Cause I also realized that when I was on acid, I was like, calling acid sounds a little intense. But when you say LSD, it's like, oh, I'm on LSD. You know what I mean? It sounds better <laughs> than fucking acid. Acid is like burn through something like that's what i think when i think acid i think acid is gonna burn through something when the lsd is a little smoother so i was just like tell the thoughts fall back let the l speak let your mind on drugs make a song 
say whatever comes out, mean it and let it come out. And this is another one of those ones where I had a voice memo for it that night. Like I made the beat. It was in a voice memo for me to like come back to. And I ended up not changing anything. I like wrote a part of it. I think this one was more writing than freestyle, honestly. But can't really fuck with her if her head weak. Why the bad attitudes make the best freaks? Why every time I cross your mind, you don't text me. That was for sure a freestyle. And then the rest of it, I got into like rhyming off that rhyme scheme. It was a good experience because it was like one of the first times I did drugs without needing a woman present. It was one of the first times I did drugs and just enjoyed the presence of my boys. And it was one of the first time like I really did drugs and was like, yo, I'm going to like be creative instead of sedated. Yeah. These are my thoughts on drugs. They sound kind of dope. <laughs> I'm going to fuck with it. <laughs> That's so cool. And then, you know, I have to ask whose voice is that at the end? <laughs> That's my voice. Really? I'm going crazy. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, I play with my voice like that. So the concept behind that. Before I had Shakira do the voiceovers, I was going to have the interludes be this old. His name was going to be Zodiac Zed. And I was going to have him, like, give me advice on women between tracks. Like, what's her name? What's her sign? And it was like, you don't know a sign. How you going to fuck with it if you don't know a sign? You know what I mean? I'm, like, really embracing all the ways in which I could be creative. And that was one of those moments where, like, if for any reason she couldn't do it, it was going to be fucking Zodiac Zed and he was going to be the OG. And I have them all recorded, too. I just ended up not using them because I felt like that was more appropriate and more smooth and show more contrast. But they both would have showed contrast and they both would have filled those spaces because, like, once the project was done, I released it December 26th and I decided around around December 15th, once I had all the tracks and I was just listening to them, like, something's missing. Like, it needs something. So I recorded those and I had them as an option. but she was willing to do it. I patiently waited and I didn't have to be patiently done waiting. So she got it done in time and it was good. So I used it. But yeah, that was initially going to be um, me like pretending to be my old OG uncle. There's like hella skits. There's like one when I'm like knocking on the door. I don't know. It's hella funny. It was going to be a little more comedic, but this was a little more in line with the Capricorn concept. So I fucked with it. Oh, man, that's so dope. It's just another element of you taking it into your own hands. But I love the fact that he still got to make a little appearance so that yeah. we know that he exists. Yeah, that one little piece had to make it. I should make an alternate project with those interludes yeah. just like for fun, because it was pretty fucking hilarious, I must say. But I feel like her audio related to the way a lot of women feel about a Capricorn and I like a woman's perspective in things like that's one of my main things with like making these movies and projects is like I'm constantly asking women what they think about it because a woman's perspective is fucking golden. And like a lot of men get together and do a lot of man shit. And it's like, bro, y'all are missing the most valuable piece of consumer input is the input of a woman. So like even when we wrote like Hella Single, even when we wrote Divine Living, we had like women sit down and write it with us. Everything I do has woman perspective, a woman's perspective. Not only that, but I learned a long, long time ago when I first started radio, back when they actually took requests. We won't get into that. But um, <laughs> it was always kind of pay more attention to what the women are requesting, because if you think about it, there are some men who have their own opinions, mm -hmm. but a lot of men's opinions are driven by women. So if a woman likes a song, 
a guy will eventually rock with it because a woman likes Whether it. Whether or not he even wants to. Exactly. Yeah, so. I always say, like, if you could get women to like your music, you're going to get their boyfriend to like your music, too. Yep. If a woman's going to go to your show, her boyfriend's going to go with her. Like, <laughs> And I'm still at that point when there are some things that can alter, and then there are some things I'm locked in on. There are some things no one could say anything to change it. There are just parts where I understand the value in that. Make sure you're really reaching people the way you want to reach them and not just how you think you should reach them. Like actually getting that input that comes from studying psychology. And a lot of what men do is based on what women like. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. And I'm not even ashamed of it. Would I dress like this if women didn't like men who dress like this? Would I talk like this if women didn't like men who talk like this? And it's like there has to be certain parts of yourself that you don't compromise. You have to know who you are enough to know which parts you can compromise on and which parts like, no, this is me. This is who I have to be because it's me being true to myself. But yeah, I love a woman's perspective. It leads everything, especially creative things, especially things that will be consumed. It leads them in the direction they need to go in. That's a balance. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Knowing what you're willing to compromise on, what you aren't and what's influenceable and what's not and Mm -hmm. there's a balance in that and also you mentioned like in the creative process there's certain parts that you weren't going to compromise and you were stubborn about Mm -hmm. like a capricorn but that's (laughs) important too because you can almost get consumed by what people are interested in and just spend so much time trying to figure out what people want that you never actually do anything so having those boundaries anchored to you of saying okay but this is what i actually want to make and this is a part that i'm not willing to give up while still taking in those influences and what people want i think creates a very important balance definitely you can also get so caught up in what people want that you lose yourself in that process and some people in the process and i guess maybe at some points i have lost myself at some points i feel like i've never been out of touch with what i wanted but a lot of points i haven't honored what I truly wanted. Being in touch with what you want as well as honoring what you want is important, but getting input and like like you said, keeping that balance is super important. That leads me to my favorite track, Rain On Me. Yo. Rico just trying to grow and stop calling women bitches. Always try to be perfect, no one understands he isn't. Tequila waterfall and swapping pills through kisses. Crept up on me half hour later, I feel the difference. Never mad, but if the vibe wrong, you gon' feel the distance. Rico just wanted to see you happy. Even if it was not with him. So if you happy with your new thing and you post a picture and he see it, he gon' double click it. Just so you know he meant it. Real nigga shit, not a genuine human shit. Back every line, the linebacker, the Ray Lewis shit. And even just tying in how you used your voice at the end of L Speak and modified it, you did that a lot in Rain On Me. And I just love it because... It adds another layer of not only the music, but kind of of yourself. What was that like playing with that throughout that song? It was more like just a long verse instead of a song. It kind of had a hook at the end, sort of. But it was like, if I'm going to just go like this, like how can I add differences within? And then once I started making the differences in my voice, it was just a vibe. It was just a feel. It wasn't very, very intentional at first. Because it's like, Rico just want to grow and stop calling women bitches. Like, tries to be perfect now, understands he isn't. Kind of speaking in third person a little bit. Like, Rico just wanted to see you happy. Like, when I change my voice when I say that, it's sort of like just giving it the impression that all parts of me, like, wanted to see people happy. You know what I mean? And there's that part. But more particularly, the voice was just a variation. 
in my voice and also taking advantage of that like laid back like smooth flow it like really allowed for it to be altered in a way that didn't interfere with the message at all there was not much profound thought behind it to be honest it was just sort of if i'm not going to change the song with a hook if i'm not going to change the song with differences in the beat how can i still change the song and have it not just be monotonous throughout so that's really what that was about just really adding variation within something that didn't have much variation because it was really just a straight through verse that definitely was a voice memo that was definitely the first song finished on this project the other songs were from the the last quarter of the year this was from still from the second half this was because I talk about being in Cancun. So it was like maybe something I did around summer or spring. So I just wanted to add some variation in in a song that that was really like a straight through verse, you know. But I think that there's something to say about that, too, to where something can be very striking. But at the same time, if you put so much power and thought into other things around the project and within the project, not everything has to be like this crazy, deep, wild thought. Like it's still super striking to me, but it doesn't have to have this wild backstory. You just wanted yeah. some variation. So that's what you did. But yeah. it, it comes off so much bigger than it is. And that's a good thing. Yeah, I enjoyed it, though. I enjoy playing with my voice. I just feel like it gives you sort of that here, here, here perspective where it's just like the same thing. And it's almost like not all the same person. Like the same person's not saying it all. It gives that type of vibe. Once I got into it a little bit, I was just going to do it once. And the funny part about it is I actually, now that I think about it, I did it once because there was something I said. I had a like one take all the way through. And then there was just one part of it. I didn't like the way I said it. I didn't like the way it came out. So I took one of the other takes and I edited that part in. It sounded a little bit different, but once I like altered it, it made it okay. So then it kind of led me to alter a few other parts. And then I kind of just got into altering parts of it and it, it turned out to be fun. That was like covering up a, an anomaly in the in the mix and then also getting more into my software, you know, like getting more into Ableton and like what I can do and where I could do it. So like it was a learning process because like I started that in 2017 and I would say I really found my flow, my go-to formula to make a beat sometime in the middle of 2018 but this beat is before i found that flow oh wow this beat is like one of the oldest beats that i've rapped to this beat is from like really early on like still discovering the process so it's funny that in like writing a flow to a really old beat and mixing a flow to a really old beat i discovered this new process that could like push the whole the whole sound forward in a way like those first three songs, I feel like are really smooth and have nice hooks, but I didn't want to get away from the fact that I really love to rap, but I do love to make songs too, full hook bridge verse formulaic type of songs. I love that too. It gives people something to hold on to and a predictable aspect of it that people will be more likely to repeat. But yeah, this song was really probably the oldest beat because if you really listen to it, it doesn't have the one eighth hi-hats really all the way through. Like if you hear, I have one more song that I'm going to release on one of my next projects that come from that old time, that time before I really even found my flow. But I was still finding stuff that inspired me to write. So yeah, the voice changing came from an anomaly in the mix, just finding a way to make it work. Our mistakes lead to beautiful discoveries, you know what I mean? 
Now I call that creative necessity. And it's one of the most beautiful things that we have as creatives. Not only is it not giving up when something weird happens and we want it a certain way, it's really like, okay, I can play with this and find a way to make it work while also teaching myself. And I just love how that song is just a culmination of parts of you like you just described it's an older beat but it's also you really wanting to rap but at the same time it's you figuring out a new way to do something to cover up something that you didn't like about it it's just such a culmination of you and it comes off so well and it's probably why it's my favorite yeah i love it i don't know if i have a favorite on that project it's really hard to say i think that project really is me in a sense that all of those songs are my favorite on a certain day. Like when it's early morning, like ride to work, I want to listen to Rain On Me. Like, And then when it's maybe in the gym, I want to listen to fucking Elspeak. And then when it's Saturday afternoon, vibing out, it's sunny out, I want to listen to either uh, What's Your Name, What's Your Sign, or fucking either like the Capricorn, What's Your Sign, or How to Dance, like all really give me like a chill ass vibe. Super chill. Those three are very Saturday. It's yeah. Saturday for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, Patiently Done Waiting Volume 2 Capricorn is out now. Go stream it. Listen to it. Yeah. Get into these crazy just concepts that we've broken down. Anything else you want to tell the people about this project? Just know that you're getting my real self, which was my point. And just enjoy it. It's made for the people from me for me, but it's also for the people. It's for the different parts of me that exist within all the different people in the world because we all got those parts. We all got the in our feelings parts. We all got the we need to get juiced parts. And a lot of us got the chill parts. There's something for everybody. Yes, yes. And then as promised, we got to talk about the sobriety journey that you've been on. Oh, it's crazy because it ends tonight at midnight. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Are you going to celebrate? Are you not going to celebrate? What does that look like? No, I'm thinking I should just to really like keep the balance in my life. But I'm also like loving my clarity right now. Like I'm super clear on what I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it, as well as the process by which I want to do it, the steps to take to make shit happen. And I also feel like this was a one of those first times because like we talked about my dad dying. We talked about how I never really allowed it to like stop me. I didn't develop any really, really bad habits, but I a lot of things I was doing was subconsciously trying to recreate my life before my dad died. Mm. So I never had a girlfriend before my dad died, which is nuts to think about. I talked to a lot of women and there were women in my life, but I never had a girlfriend. And then when my dad died, almost like immediately after I made someone my girlfriend thinking about that relationship and thinking about the dynamics of it and thinking about how like yeah that person held me down but it's not so much to decide whether or not it was wrong it's mostly to look at just the connection between like you never had a girlfriend before your dad died your dad died you had a girlfriend why it's just to ask those questions like why what was that about and it was like I really like clung to women and weed I like never really got too much into getting drunk all the time because I know that's a real fucking that's dangerous like flat out dangerous I would cling to women and weed and I would cling to like having someone to lean on and I would cling to things that push the thoughts that were hardest to face the things that pushed them away just just pushing everything but those are the things I needed to like embrace and like maybe fucking 10 years later was the best time to do it 
maybe one month later, one year later, two years later, wasn't the time to do it. I can't say, but I will say this time allowed me to um, be okay with being alone. I always wanted to be like my dad and it made me okay with not, not being like my dad. My dad was a great person, but like, we're all meant to be who we are. We're all blessed with something. Part of taking advantage of that blessing is embracing who you are or you can't truly take advantage of what you've been given. So like my dad worked in education. So for the longest time, I thought I was supposed to work in education. My dad changed lives. I thought I was supposed to change lives. My dad did all these things and it's not anything wrong with what he did. You know what I mean? But that's like who he was. And this process allowed me to really understand like who I am. I'm the guy who fucking changes his voice and, you know, does that. I'm the guy who raps. I'm the guy who produces. I'm the guy who acts. I'm the guy who like writes scripts and like trying to be like my dad takes away from my ability to successfully do all those things that I've been blessed with. It's like, I love my dad and he helped raise me and be who I need to be. But he also like helped raise me to be who I am, not for me to go be someone else, even him. You know what I mean? So this process really helped me through that and like not being high and having to face those thoughts is just like I cried. Like one time I just cried and it was like fucking fuck because I never cried. My dad died 10 years ago. I can say for sure. Like I could remember every time I cried about it very vividly because there was that few times I was like a handful. There was like one like a week after he died. There was like one in New York when I was listening to fucking Smile by Kirk Franklin because that song makes me cry. Like it makes me think of my dad. Then there was one a few years ago when I was coming from church with my mom and it was um, the song, you know, never would have made it, that gospel song. And then there was this year and that's 10 years and that's like four to five times. And I can remember them all really clearly. And that's because I always get fucking high and I'm always like not really fully in my thoughts. You know what I mean? Like I push certain thoughts away and then I just learned that when you push one thought away, you're pushing other thoughts away too. And you don't necessarily mean to, but like when you're putting yourself in a mind state to push thoughts away, sometimes you push away some other things you need to embrace. So there's a lot of things like I would get high to like not stress about certain things, but say the truth, I needed to sit in those moments and stress about those things and then come up with solutions to those things to not have to stress about them moving forward. Being like completely sober, like no drugs, no weed, no alcohol, it really forced me to embrace all the thoughts I have been pushing away. And it gave me real clarity on what I need to do to be who I need to be to really be happy. I personally love it. I love weed, though. I told my boy and he asked me, will I smoke the same? Will I smoke less? Will I ever smoke again? And I was like, I'm for sure going to smoke again. I'm for sure going to drink again. I'm for sure going to do drugs again. But it'll never be for the wrong reasons. It'll never be because I'm trying to get away from something I'm not embracing. It'll never be to escape anything. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from it. And it's crazy because I started off with 21 days and 21 days blew past. All of this stuff happened in the last 24 days. When Kobe Bryant died, I was like, I'm going to do 24 more days for Kobe Bryant. And that time is when all of the real shit started to hit. All of the real feelings started to hit. All of the like stress started to hit. But the first 21 days were easy like super easy. They blew by. And then in these past 24 days, I've faced more than I've faced in the past 10 years. And really, ultimately, my whole life, I've faced more of those thoughts. And it's like, why do I feel like this? What is this really about? Where does this really stem from? Because it's like smoking weed is like cutting a weed. But you know, like weeds have roots. Like you got to like get down there and like really pull the weed out or that's just going to keep growing. And I feel like I've gotten to the root 
of a lot of things. I was fucking with women I shouldn't fuck with because I thought I was at an age when I should have a successful family and relationship by now. But that's just not who I am. You know what I mean? And so I embrace that, that there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong. I feel like the universe, God, whatever you believe in, I feel like somebody's pulling strings and pulling these women out of my life because they're like, bro, you're on this path. Like, this is going to stop you from being who you need to be right now. This is going to stop you from writing movies. This is going to stop you from writing songs. This is going to stop you from being able to stay up all night and then still wake up early in the morning to mix a fucking song because, like, you're still learning to mix. And I feel like life is, like, constantly taking things out of my life that served my afraid purpose, not my real purpose. And then the other question was, who are you when you're not making decisions out of habit and decisions out of fear? Who am I really? Like, I'm a risk taker, but I've been playing it safe for years. And it's like, I've been a risk taker. I've been willing to lose it all, but I haven't been risking it all. And it's because like my life wasn't about me. I've been making my life about other people, other things. Being sober really just allowed me to fucking just lock in on who I really am, what I want to do, how I want to do it. And it's like, everything's so clear. So like, I want to smoke, but I don't want to get away from this mamba mentality because I'm like relentless fucking and I'm always driven you know what I mean I always work hard but I'm fucking relentless we were looking for locations to uh, shoot the fucking film like we needed a movie theater we needed a bar scene we needed a um there were three big ones that were really like out there as far as like something we can't just ask to use someone's house for and like we needed the movie theater and I was asking everyone like bro what are we gonna do about this movie theater what are we gonna do what are we gonna do and I was like fuck it I just like popped up at this theater bro I was driving I was going to see my friend in Berkeley you know, right there on Shattuck, there's like a movie theater. There's like two or three movie theaters like right there. I went to one and I was like, what's up? We're trying to do this movie. We need a theater. This is what we're going to do. This is our budget. We don't really got no budget. We need you to fuck with us. You know what yes. I mean? And they're like, um, I don't know. I'm really just the manager here, but I'll give you the 1-800 number. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to let that stop me. So I went to the other one across the street. Gave him the same pitch, like, this is what we're doing. We make short films. We're trying to, like, bring Hollywood to the Bay. We're trying to not have actors need to move to Hollywood to have a successful acting career, blah, blah, blah. Giving them the whole spiel just going in, like, when I don't smoke weed. I'm controlling it a little bit more now, like, 45 days in. But when I was first not high or drunk, I was, like, like, going so fucking hard. So this is, like, less than a week into it. And I'm going fucking ham on this dude, and he's just standing there. Like, I could tell he's just waiting for me to be done talking. But I didn't fucking stop talking. I wasn't done yet. And then a lady who wasn't even, I wasn't even talking to her. She was, I don't know why she was there, but the universe put her there in that moment. And she heard me talking to him. And she was like, well, if this doesn't work out here, take my number. I went to two theaters, but I got three contacts. The third contact was the only one that came through. And like, we shot that scene like two weeks ago. We had the theater. We had access to the inside. We shot inside. We shot outside. And that was one of those things that was like, fuck what I had done that high and sober. And I can't quite say no, because like I am driven and I have drive, whether I'm fucking high or not. That was one of those moments that I realized like, bro, like watch how much smoking to suppress your thoughts and feelings on this side will limit your ability to ramp the fuck up. You know what I mean? And be who you need to be in the moments when like sometimes you're the only person who could do that for the squad. And I think I'm more in touch with my feelings. I don't think there's like anything left to hide from. I got some debt to pay off. You know what I mean? You know, like Cat Williams is like, put that fucking in your system and you be like, fuck them bills. And for the past 45 days, I'm like, fuck, I got shit to pay off. And now it's just like, okay, you got to do X, Y, and Z. You got to do A, B, and C. You got to be calculated. You got to do this this way. You can't do that that way. 
And it's like I've embraced everything I need, the adjustments I need to make versus pretending you don't have a problem and never, never beginning to think about the adjustments, let alone take action toward the adjustments. Because if you're not even thinking about it and acknowledging it, there's no way you're actually addressing it in any way. You know what I mean? The first thing to do is to just let the thought happen, no matter how uncomfortable, let the fucking thought happen. And then from there you will address it. And that's a, that's a big part of who I am. Like I'm a fucking go getter. I like to go get shit. I like to do shit, but a lot of being high and chill allow me to fall back. I'll let that work out how it works out. Cause there's some value in letting things work out how they work out too. But that's the patiently done waiting part. Like which thing is something I could go knock out and get done versus something that like, all right, this is bigger than me. Things need to fall into place for this to work past 45 days really showed me to like push a hard line on all of them and let them define which one is going to take other people to come in and make it happen. But once you push that hard line yourself, you can see like there's so much shit you can do for yourself. You could get shit done. There's a lot of shit you could get done. So like I'm really looking at it like I want to smoke again. I want to drink again. I want to do drugs again, but I'm, I got to be more mindful of it. I probably got to do it less and I got to be more mindful of my goals and it's not good for everybody, but stress is good for me. That feeling like you need to do something now, not later. Now, that shit's absolutely good for me. I love it. And then when you're a grown ass man, you don't got nobody telling you what to do. People will unknowingly sit there and let you fucking waste your life away and ruin your life and not become who you're supposed to be because it's ultimately not their job to help you be who you're supposed to be. It's fucking your job. So that's what I learned. And that was my takeaway. It's like really, really relieving almost to know that like, yeah, there are all these things. They're scary. It's real life. Real life is fucking hitting. But at the same time, like I'm capable. And that's really what I discovered. Like there wasn't a problem I had that I couldn't see a solution to. I see the solutions. It's just going to take time and planning and execution. But there's nothing like on my list of issues that I don't see a solution to. And that was beautiful because all of the time I was avoiding it, really, I was avoiding discovering the solution to it. I see real value in going towards your problems and towards your stress. And it probably, like I said, it helps that I study psychology and understand like mental processes on like a profound level. Because like psychology isn't one of those things that it's hit or miss whether or not you get paid a lot off of it. It just depends what route you take it. But I always found value in it because it applied to me and it made me a better me and I can learn. And I feel like this was the first time I really took all that shit in one. I haven't been sober since fucking I started smoking. Like, to be completely honest, like I started smoking and never stopped. I could count how many times I quit smoking. Mostly it was because I was sick or there were a few days where I just happened to not smoke. And it was a big deal. Like, I didn't smoke for a day. You know what I mean? Like, I can remember I was like, man, I feel like and I would always have that. Damn, I feel really good. I didn't smoke for a day, but I would go right back to it. Because like when life gets heavy, like we need something to lighten it up for us. But now, nah, like I want to feel how heavy it is. And when you feel how heavy it is, it forces you to like push a little bit harder. When you're pretending it's light and it's really heavy, it's really like pushing you down further. And you're creating like you're pushing yourself deeper into something you don't want to be in. I like how heavy it is. I fucking love the stress. I love embracing those fucking thoughts, the negative, the difficult, the scary thoughts. And it's like, man, I'm going to smoke again, but I got to be more mindful of like my goals and my checklist and like planning and execution. And I can't let it take me too far off in a direction I don't want to go in. And I think like I really addressed all the things that were most scary to me.
in his time. That's the testimony right there. That's, man. It's fucking a lot. There's so much beauty in that, though. Especially, you basically exhibited the fact that if you work with yourself, the universe will work with you. Especially with that example of finding that theater. It's like, you were working with yourself, you were doing the work, you were really putting yourself in a place to where the universe wanted to work for you. And there's Mm -hmm. so much power in that. But also, for me personally, I don't drink or smoke. When you were saying that first part about really embracing your feelings and your problems and all that stuff, I immediately clicked with that because I had tweeted maybe a couple months ago, I think it was around the holidays, and it was like, for the people out there who do drink and smoke, just keep in mind that the people who don't have to actually deal with everything. That shit can get very heavy, and it becomes this thing to where it's like, damn, why am I the only one dealing with all of this while everybody else has a way out? That's a whole side tangent, but I think that that's such an important part about sobriety that I don't really even talk about sobriety that much because Mm -hmm. it's, it's such a different experience that people just aren't, and it's no knock to them, they're just not ready for so so to hear that you had that same experience that i've had to where you're taking all of this in and you're dealing with everything whether it's within yourself or within other people the problems the stress all of that i think that that was such an important part of what you said because it's so real yeah that's the most important part of it sometimes you don't even realize you're even going through anything and so to really like be able to put yourself in a place where your mind can like let you know like yeah you are going through something then figure out what you're going through because mm. sometimes we know we're going through something we don't know what it is yeah. then we figure out we're going through it and we don't know how to get through it and so like yeah i had a like super extended like mourning process that's ultimately what i attributed to yeah. i smoked a lot in high school because i was one of the only black kids at my school so it was a little uncomfortable but like past that my college years were fun everything else was fun like between high school and my last job there's like a over 10 years in there where it was like it wasn't really necessary for me in any place that I was physically but mentally I was in a place where it was necessary it started off because physically I didn't like where I was mentally I was okay physically I was uncomfortable and then the past three years really the job I was doing I was really like mentally and physically uncomfortable which is why it got heavier and heavier quitting that job in December that was the first time I felt like I didn't need to get high to like go through my day because before I was like man I need to get high to be here because I'm thinking things I can't say I'm feeling things I can't say and I need to suppress that or like I'm not going to have a steady source of income <laughs> and I was like I'll do what I need to deal with it. but once I stopped that job it really opened my eyes to like let's do it let's embrace it all like there's nothing left to like fucking escape from this time this year my life is going to be different I was like for my birthday I'm going to give myself a new life and my birthday is December 26th and my last day at that job was December 20th. I like successfully did that part and I wasn't 100% sure why I wanted to do it, but I knew I needed to do it. That's the part where it's like my mind is so powerful, like even suppressing all those thoughts. Like there's a part of me that's still that strong inside. Like, yo, this is what you need to do. Like, There's always a voice in my head saying what the fuck I need to do, even when I don't want to hear it. Really understanding what you're going through embracing what you're going through and getting through it getting through that process because it's not going to get through itself it's not just going to go away whether you address it today tomorrow whether you put it off for 20 years 30 years it's still going to be there and it's going to manifest in a lot of different ways a lot of ways you don't even understand but it's going to show itself those weeds are going to grow until you get to the root dig that motherfucker all the way up 
dig a little bit underneath to fuck up the root, make sure there's nothing left. And then boom, only then can you begin to like plant something else there without it being like choked out by the weeds because weeds grow wild. You got to get to it. And I feel like I really got to it. And I feel like I want to find ways to really continue to get to it and also find ways to um, stay a step ahead of myself. Man, oh man, in the least corny way possible, congratulations. Not the sobriety part, but the results of it. All those results, those are big things to get to. And like we've said before, some people don't ever get there. So for you to get there, to make the conscious decision to get there and to really do it yourself and open up and give yourself this new life, there's so much that's commendable in that so congratulations i appreciate it thank you so much no problem anything else you want to tell the people just listen to my music look out for our time films we got two movies coming we got divine living we got hella single plus hella vegans already out that was our first project we got that to hold you over anyone who wants to be a part of it reach out whether it's behind the scenes or on the camera just fucking please everyone i don't know if it's gonna be 45 days of sobriety but like Find a way to be who the fuck you actually are mm. and like really question yourself because a lot of people don't like to question themselves in the first place because we like to think we got it all figured out. But maybe not in front of people, but when you're all alone in the room, solo, maybe in the dark even. So you don't even gotta look yourself in the mirror. Just question if you are who you want to be. Question if you if you aren't question the things you need to do to get to who you want to be and where you want to be and Force yourself to be there and be patiently done waiting for anybody, even done waiting for your fucking self. You know what I mean? Sometimes we're the one who holds us back. Sometimes just patiently done waiting is like a real like a mantra in my life. It's a lifestyle and make sure we're doing everything we can for ourselves before we're being mad at what anyone doesn't do for us. Because what we could do for ourselves is always far more valuable than what anyone could give us or do for us. Like, I need people to understand that. That's the thing that's going to make the world a better place. A lot of people think the world is robbing them. A lot of people think the world is unfair, which it is. It's unfair. It's a fucked up place in a lot of different ways. But make sure you aren't robbing yourself and make sure you're not being unfair to yourself before you criticize the world for doing it. You have a much more valid point. If you're doing everything for you that you can, don't find yourself waiting for the wrong people. And make sure before you could know if you're waiting for the wrong people or not, make sure you know yourself, make sure you know who you are and know what the fuck you're capable of. We're all more powerful than we think. We just got to embrace it. We got to embrace our power. And we've all been given something. Maybe you've discovered it. Maybe you haven't. But discover who the fuck you are and, and live in that. Really live in that. That's really it. Thank you. Thank you. The inspiration, the insight, the honesty, the journey, just Everything you just gave us right now, thank you. Because that You're was welcome. a lot. That's thank not you. some everyday, you know, shit. Like, this is literally your journey and your process that you gave to us. So, thank yeah. you. No problem. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for coming by. And thank you so much for checking out this episode. Once again, the link with the resources and actionable items for the Black Lives Matter movement made by Twitter user Botanical Dyke. That link is in the show description. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. As always, this episode is dedicated to Marlon. Do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence.